My friend Jenna J invited me on her Instagram platform and we spoke about our experience with what is called elimination diets. And if you're not really sure what an elimination diet is, this is anything that's not done for medical reasons. So you have no real like inflammatory response, like an actual allergic reaction, I mean, to anything you're eating. It's kind of just like a try it and see, often disguised as a lifestyle change or healthy lifestyle or whatever you want to call it. So an elimination diet is a diet that's eliminating whole food groups. And in our experience, we decided to try Whole30 a few years ago and both of us had terrible repercussions from it. Jenna probably came from a more, how should I say this? I don't know. She came from a better base than I did or better intentions than I did. Mine was purely weight loss because the person who I did this with had done it in the past and lost like 20 pounds in a month. And I should have known that that's a red flag as a healthcare provider, but I don't always practice what I preach. Um, So here we are. And um, it wasn't because I thought I might be responding differently to certain food groups or whatever. It was purely for aesthetic reasons. And um, it was kind of like my tipping point to say, screw diet culture, I'm done. It was like my bottom of the barrel um, episode. So that's what we're talking about today. This is not to shame anyone who's thinking about trying an elimination diet or has tried them in the past. This is just a cautionary tale and kind of like just to tell you the dark side of what can happen. So um, strap on your seatbelt, get your headphones and let's jump right in. Welcome to Finally Fearless, a podcast devoted to getting your damn life back. My name is Dr. Melissa Chofi, a physical therapist who is absolutely sick and tired of seeing women like you fall victim to bullshit products, bullshit advice, and being made to feel like you have to accept a bullshit life. Here we will uncover the good, the bad, and the ugly in regard to the health and wellness realm and have some fun along the way. I'm so excited that you've taken the first step in getting your damn life back. Let's get into the episode. Hey friends, so I am live and as promised, my friend Dr. Melissa Chofi is going to get on here is going to get on here with me in just a minute to talk a little bit about our experience with uh, what I like to call the F this I'm done moment with dieting, specifically our experience with Whole30. So before I get started, a couple of disclaimers. Um, First of all, I've never done a live with a friend before, so I'm not exactly sure how the heck she's going to get on here. She says she's done it and she's going to figure it out and hopefully hop on here in just a minute. A um, couple of other, th- other things about this. Um, this call that we're doing is an adult conversation and Melissa and I like to use adult language sometimes. So if you're around kids or um, just don't care to hear for that. I don't know. Put on your headphones or deal with it, I guess. Um, That's 
one important thing to know. The other important thing that I want to share is that this conversation is not medical advice. I am a certified personal trainer and Dr. Mel is here. Mel, how do I let you on? I don't even know. Hold on. I'm going to press this. All right, hold on. View requests. And let's see. Hey, Mel. Hi. Can you How's hear going? me okay? Good. I can How hear you, you okay. Good. Cool. Good, good. Okay. Glad, glad that this is working well. I was just giving a little disclaimer, essentially telling our audience that uh, this is an adult conversation with potential for adult language. Um, <laughs> so use your headphones because I know you. I might as well also throw out a couple of things here because um, being super profesh, um, my dog is here right now. Um, Hi, Lucky. He has... He has snuck through. Um, and also, I left my husband with the baby, and he just sent me a text telling me that I forgot to close the lid on his bottle. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so I don't know if he spilled things, but he might come up here eventually trying to make a new bottle. I don't know what's going to happen. But um, regardless, <laughs> super profesh, just keeping it super profesh. <laughs> um, okay. So in any case, adult language will probably be happening. Um, the other thing that I was about to say is that this call is not medical advice. Um, that is not within, well, at least within my scope of practice, I am a certified personal, personal trainer. If you want like medical advice, consult your doctor. If you want nutrition advice, register dietitian. Um, Melissa is a doctor um, and she's a doctor of physical therapy. Um, so she can give you medical advice, but not specifically on the stuff that we're talking about today. Right. Um, Mel, do you want to give a little introduction about who you are and what we do or what you do and how we came to meet each other? Yeah. Um, so my name is Dr. Melissa Chofi. I am a physical therapist. I am specialized in women's pelvic health. So anything, um, going on down there pretty much that's embarrassing I can actually help with a lot of it and a lot of women don't even realize that what people like us are an option for them beyond surgery beyond grinning and bearing things and I actually met Jenna through a mutual friend Christina Montalvo through a business course last year and it was a really amazing group of women we all kind of like came together on our commiseration and hatred for diet culture <laughs> And love of fitness and we just got really close and it's awesome it's so crazy how the internet works it really is it really is some of, some of the best people are on the internet um and also some of the worst people but uh <laughs> you were definitely one of my faves um a couple of other things that i want to throw out there before we really get this conversation started um I want to give a trigger warning here for anybody that is currently strugg struggling with an eating disorder or in recovery um, eating disorder or disordered eating or anything like that, we will probably at some point get into some descriptions of disordered behaviors that happened for either of us. And if that's something that you feel like would be triggering for you or that you just don't care to hear about that right now, just letting you know. The other thing that I want to say is that when we talk about this sort of thing, we're sharing our lived experience, right? And our lived experience is our own and your lived experience is your own. 
And I'm never here to tell anybody that your lived experience is wrong. And I know what's going to happen is somebody's going to come back here and be like, that wasn't my experience. This was great for me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to get people angry and probably telling me that I'm being negative or talking shit or whatever. (laughs) And I want you to know, number one, that's not the case, right? Your lived experience is your own. If you think that something is working for you in your life, that's amazing. You do you. Um, and I said earlier this week in a post on my feed, I fully believe that everybody needs to have their own, like, fuck this, I'm done. I call it the, the fuck this, I'm done moment with dieting. And this was mine. And Mel, if I'm not mistaken, this was yours too, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was yeah. the last drop. Everybody needs to have your own. Um, not here to argue with anybody. Here to ask you tough questions, though. Um, and I'm speaking for myself, but Mel, I'm sure that I'm also speaking for you. I am not against dieters. I'm against diet culture. So I am here for you. Like, even if you get off this call and be like, this isn't a call, this is a live, whatever. Even if you get off this live and be like, I'm going to go and do a whole 30 anyway. I'm not against you. You know what I mean? I'm against the culture and the system and hope that you know that if you have similar experiences, like the ones that we did, that you're not alone. Um, and, and just that everything that I'm about to call bullshit on, I used to participate in and perpetuate a hundred percent. Um, and there's no shame in any of this, just growth and evolution. And again, a chance to ask yourself tough questions because tough love is kind of my thing. Um, Mel, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I also always tell people um, it takes a long time to get to this point. Like I had been dieting and like dipping in and out of diet culture and lifestyle changes, whatever you want to call it, for decades until I hit like this moment where it was a crash and burn type of thing. And I got to the point where I realized I didn't need another diet or another crazy workout program or another restrictive period but it takes a long time to get there. So if you're not there yet, that is totally fine. Like we're not saying that you need to be where we're at right now or even next year or whatever. It's kind of like, like Jenna was saying, it's your journey and you take that data and deal with it in a way what feels right for you. Um, Our timelines are very different than everybody's. So I like to like throw that out there. Yeah. And I think it's definitely, it's, it's an evolution, right? Like, it's not like you at one point, like get there and then you're there. I will continue to look back. In fact, probably like next year, I'll look back at this live and be like, wow, that was really stupid. No, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like we all, we all have those moments. So Mel, do you want to, um, do you want to share just like a brief summary of, of your experience? Oh God. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) I, a coworker slash friend of mine was telling me about whole 30. This was in 2018, the winter of 2018. And she's like, Oh yeah, whole 30. So great. I did it twice and I lost 20 pounds in 30 days. And like me being in healthcare should have like, that should have set the, the light bulb off. Like, well, this sounds dangerous, but no, I was like, Oh, 20 pounds in a month for doing nothing. I'm so on board. And I was like, okay, well, the next time you do a round, let me know and I'll do it with you. 
So we were doing it together and it was just like, oh my God, I when I, I was talking to Jenna last week about it, cause like I repressed all of this until we started talking <laughs> about what happened. And I was like, oh shit, that's right. I forgot about that. And like, I was just miserable. I couldn't eat out normally with my family. We went away for a weekend in Vermont and I like, I had to revamp everything on the menu for me to be able to eat anything. I was doing an evaluation on a new patient at the time and I had like complete brain fog where I blacked out probably because I wasn't eating enough. And my friend was like, oh yeah, that just means it's working and you're flushing the toxins out of your body. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it was just like, I went with the, not only the intention of losing weight, but I went with the intention of maybe I'll find something that's causing inflammation in my body. Did I have any inclination of any inflammation going on at the time? No, I just thought that it was like something healthy and something that would teach me more about like what I might've been sensitive to as far as food goes, but I had no warning signs of that happening. So I did the 30 days and then when I, when it was time to like eat normally, it was like a free for all. And I just went off the deep end if it fit in my mouth, it was going in my mouth. And it was like, it was probably the most restrictive diet I've ever been on. And that's why I kind of rebelled because I am a rebellious person by nature. Mm-hmm. And that just took rebellion to a whole nother level. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, um, I can definitely relate to that. And something else I want to be clear about too, because when I, when I was kind of advertising this whole live thing, I, we're talking about our experience with Whole30, um, but generally speaking, like talking about um, elimination diets and also things that call themselves lifestyle changes, protocols, resets, detoxes, cleanses, like whatever flavor of shit sandwich you want to call the thing. We're kind of talking about all this, but I want to make an important distinction here as we're going into this. And there is a big difference between somebody who needs to eliminate a certain food because of medical necessity, right? Like medical nutrition therapy, that's absolutely something that you need to take up with your registered dietitian, your functional medicine doctor, or like something that's medically supervised. So I want to be super clear about that. Some people actually do need to not eat certain foods for health conditions. And for some of us, and this was my experience too, and I'll get into it in a second now, is that there's actually nothing wrong with you, but diet culture kind of leads you to start fishing for problems that don't exist in the first place. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like ambiguous things, you know, like your skin will clear up or you will have better gut health or, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like, well, did I ever really have skin problems or poor gut health in the first place? Like, Probably not. I found that in my situation, it left me fishing for things that didn't exist. Um, and then actually caused some issues to occur that yeah. weren't really problems for me. So to give a little background on how I got started with this um, at the time, and I honestly, I wish I would have known you back then because you said yours was in 2018. Yeah. So I, I shared a blog post. I wrote a blog post about this in 2017, and I think it's still very valid. Um, there's a link in my bio that talks about everything that happened. So if anybody wants to go in and like read this old blog post, um, 
definitely go ahead and do that because it goes into a lot more detail. Um, and I also want to say here, I see some of the um, comments coming through and questions, and I will scroll back and answer into those at the end because um, I don't want anyone to think that I'm ignoring them. I'm just, I will get distracted and go off on a tangent, but I will come back and, <laughs> and say hi to all of you and thank you. And then go back and answer some of your questions too. In any case, at the time, um, for me, it was 2015 into 2016. And I was doing like the, like the, a, a loose version of paleo. Do people still do that? I don't even know. I'm so disconnected oh, from. I think they do. But wait, <laughs> is keto a form of paleo or no? Um, keto is a little bit different. Like I think some okay. of the rules overlap, um, but I, I, they're similar in the fact that they're both often very low carb. Mm -hmm. And that was what I was doing back then. Convinced I wasn't dieting, of course. Um, but, you know, just very aware of eating clean and counting um, macros, I think it was at the time, loosely. Um, and I went to Europe. There were, I had a vacation where, like, you know what happens when you go to Europe? You, like, eat bread and drink all the wine and, you know, all of those things. And it was terrific. But I came back. And I didn't feel great for a number of reasons, probably because the fact that number one, I had jet lag and two, I probably had like a 14 day hangover, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I decided very well-meaning that I was going to do Whole30 just to like reset myself. You know what I mean? Um, I went into it with the best of intentions and things quickly went downhill, like quickly went downhill. Um, into a really obsessive kind of weird disordered place um did you experience that too mel yeah because i like so for everybody who's not really familiar on whole 30 you can't have what is it jenna is alcohol sweets dairy beans. hold on I'll, i'm gonna pull up my old blog post because um because I, I i made a list of these things hold on I'm actually, I have it up here and I'm going to try to find it right now. Um, so I, it conditioned I'm going to look like, for it while you keep talking. Okay. I had, so I have a history of disordered eating from when I was a teenager. Um, and this kind of like threw it into a whole nother, like a whole nother level because I was kind of conditioned to think that certain food groups were bad that aren't so like beans like oh my god beans are bad i can't eat that <laughs> funny or, stories about beans <laughs> peanut butter is bad i can't eat that dairy's bad and like i my mind was already like disordered in regard to food and this made it even worse did you have that like a similar experience with that yes in fact it, it made me afraid of things that i hadn't previously been afraid of so i here's the laundry list um it was dairy grains legumes so beans Soy, corn, peanuts, alcohol, sugar, anything resembling dessert, like even if it's made from cauliflower, stevia, and almond flour, swear to God. Um, and there were lots of other weird rules, too, like, for example, not being allowed to drink a smoothie. That one... <laughs> That one drives me insane. Do you know, so like I stopped in 2018. 2020 was the first year that I was co totally convinced that smoothies for breakfast were okay again. Yeah. That's how long it took to unlearn that garbage. And here's the thing. So 
programs like Whole30 claim that they're like not about weight loss, that they're about health. And to be clear, like, I don't, again, I don't blame anybody who feels like they want to or need to lose weight for whatever reason. Um, but I would argue that there's a lot of like convoluted bullshit that goes into this because they're like, oh, we're not, a, we're not about weight loss. We're a lot of all about health, non-scale, non-scale victories, you know, going into that. But then they encourage you to take a before photo before you start the thing. And then they tell you you're not allowed to drink a smoothie essentially because it's like the drinking your calories thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you could eat everything that was going to go in that smoothie. You could eat, yes, you could eat everything <laughs> that was going to go in the smoothie. But tell me more about how it's about health. <laughs> tell me more about that. Um, but yeah, all of these these foods that were kind of, that were kind of arbitrary. You know what I Wait, mean? Can, that, can I say something? Sorry, Jenna. Yeah, go ahead. Go, the go, go. The smoothie thing, because I was thinking about this in the shower today and how fucked up the smoothie thing was. I think that was, like, the biggest, biggest thing for me. I am not a breakfast person. But right. when I was working in corporate healthcare, like, you had to be very meticulous about planning your meals around your schedule. So if I ate breakfast, like a real breakfast before I left the house. My stomach was sick because I just wasn't ready to eat. So yeah. I would drink a smoothie. So when I was on Whole30, it was either, okay, go into work feeling like shit because you ate when you weren't hungry or don't eat anything because you can't have a smoothie and wait until lunch. So then you're dragging ass through half of your day. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but it's it, about health. It, it really doesn't <laughs> honor any chance for, for autonomy or balance when when it comes to this stuff and this is where i think it's well-meaning you know there there are certain like redeeming qualities like yeah maybe we could all stand to eat a few more vegetables in our life or incorporate protein in every meal because it's going to keep you full you know but like the same template is not necessarily going to work for everybody and their whole all or nothing mentality of like if you accidentally eat one wrong thing then you have to like stop and start over from day one. Do you remember that? That's actually a rule. Yes, I remember that. Um, it definitely leads to some things that I would argue are not healthy at all. And I, I'm going to share an example because I want everybody that's listening to really consider like the health promoting behaviors, health promoting behaviors that you're choosing this year and ask yourself if they're truly healthy because I can remember, I'll share a very specific story. God, it was so vivid. Um, I actually, I had posted a picture of that day. And isn't it funny how you remember these days so clear? Um, I was at a training. It was a TRX training, actually. Um, it was like a continuing ed course. And I had posted a picture from that training. And then afterwards, I stopped at Panera because I had a gift card to get like food for my husband and I for dinner that night. And I asked them, I got a salad and I asked them to hold the blue cheese and the candied pecans on my salad. The best like, part. <laughs> but also like I'm eating a damn salad. Like, like right. I'm eating a vegetable and they forgot to hold those things. And so I'm sitting there, I'm hangry at this point, sitting on my kitchen floor, trying to pick out the blue cheese and the candied pecans, <laughs> crying, crying, <laughs> Because I'm so hungry. 
And, yeah. And and my husband was like, dude, if you can't you can't live like this. And I'm like, you don't understand. If I eat one blue cheese crumble, I'll have to start all over on day one. <laughs> like we laugh about it now, but friends, look me in the eyes. This is not normal. It's okay to want to eat a salad. If you've taken it to the point where you're crying over cheese and candied pecans, like unless you have a nut allergy or a dairy allergy, it's time to chill the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Consider this. Consider it this year when you're setting any sort of like health or nutrition related goals. Um, because that's that anxiety around food can sometimes be more unhealthy than the food itself. And I'll get into a little bit more about that, um, that in a minute and what happened from my experience. But Mel, do you have any stories like that? Uh, no, I just really remember the dinner out with my family in Vermont. And I was like, can you hold the butter on the sweet potato? Because I can't have any butter touch my plate. And the chicken had to be like bone dry because it had to be steamed and it couldn't be cooked in anything with butter. It couldn't touch anything with butter. And my mom's like, you're being a huge pain in the ass. I was like, yeah, I know. Okay. And here's the other thing too. (laughs) Let's talk about, let's talk about like the privilege of being able to like have and cook with these things because the, the creators of the whole 30, I don't, I don't actually know where they're from but I believe it's from a place that has a lot more food options than where I live and I live I live in the suburbs of Chicago um frequently spend time in the city like there are plenty of like bougie restaurants here that we could go to but they're just talking about oh it's really easy like every restaurant has gluten-free bread and cooks in avocado oil like that is that is not the case in suburban Chicago, and it's definitely not the case in a lot of places in the world where you go to a restaurant and you look at them and be like, um, excuse me, what kind of oil do you cook your salmon in? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was, like, very apologetic. Like, I felt like I needed to explain every time I went out, and I'd always be like, uh, I'm not a pain in the ass. I just, like, I'm doing Whole30, and I can't have anything, and the people would be like, okay. And so nine times out of 10, the only option is a salad with a lemon wedge. Yes. And, and some olive oil, if they have that, because like, you can't be sure about like what they put in, in the dressing. So you're sitting there like eating dry salad and, and you have to wonder like, okay, is this, is this actually healthy? Right. Um, I, I definitely experienced that on many many occasions. So again, things to look out for, things to look out for when it comes to this stuff, because it starts, it starts well-meaning. And before you know it, like you're sitting crying over your sad, dry salad with a lemon wedge. (laughs) And then you're hungry. (laughs) Well, exactly. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's the whole 30 claims to be about health. And it claims to be like, like, oh, you like, you don't have to restrict food because you can eat as much as you want. But the problem is you can only eat certain things. And those things are so limited that you really have to plan ahead. And I don't know if you experienced this at all, 
when you were doing it, but I found that if I, especially on a long day when I was out and like working a lot of hours, if I underestimated how hungry I might be and didn't pack enough food or snacks, I was just either hangry or eating purse almonds. Like (laughs) so many, do you know what I mean? My purse almonds, like, like packs of raw almonds in my purse, like so many purse almonds. I never want to look at a raw almond ever, ever again. ever again but this is what happens and so then what also happened is my like even though you know you can eat as much as you want my diet got very restrictive because the fact that it was really hard to prepare like that much food within those guidelines and then it also got really limited I feel like it was you know like clementines hard-boiled eggs um zucchini noodles Oh yeah, and, I love and, zucchini noodles. And raw almonds. Because it was like like okay, yes, I could make one of these like tens of thousand like like approved recipes from compliant ingredients, but like sometimes you just want to grab something and go. And right. Whole 30 didn't really give me the opportunity to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it kind of leaves you in a pinch and so then you wind up being hungry. Um which leads me to the next kind of downfall of this whole thing that a lot of people aren't talking about, which is binging on the weirdest shit. Oh friends. my God, wait. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, friends, for all of you that are on here, I'm slowly calling out like warning signs for any of this, but just so you know, if you find yourself like binging on just weird foods that don't make any sense you are not alone okay I want you to know you're not alone like if you find yourself at midnight like just like shoving raw medjool dates in your mouth and you can't stop you're not alone okay and this is why I get so pissed off and this is why I'm always calling out diet culture because nobody talks about this stuff nobody talks about the time when they cried over their salad or we're binging on freaking dates, all right? This is not normal. This is not health. Mm-hmm. Please keep this in mind. <laughs> I was binging on uh, coconut flakes. Yes, yes, and <laughs> coconut butter. Yes, Okay. ghee. <laughs> truth, honest truth. Here's another problem with these things. There's... Because there are like certain foods that you have to eliminate, things that might otherwise be deemed to be healthy under another program, like, you know, like grains and beans, for example. If you're doing like some sort of plant-based thing, somebody might tell you that that those are healthy. That's why like all of these diet culture rules are so messed up. But as a result of not being able to eat those things by default, you wind up eating a lot of other things and you think that like, oh my gosh, I need a gut reset no, dude, you just ate like six pounds of broccoli. Like, <laughs> like that's why you have gas, bitch. It's so true. You know, like all of oh, this God. stuff are, are same thing. Like, like, yeah, no wonder, no wonder you're having digestive issues. You just ate like, you know, four cups of coconut flour. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> because you weren't allowed to have like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And the dates, like, I don't know how this even became a thing. Like, I think I legit went insane when I went on Whole30. I convinced myself that the dates tasted like chocolate and I would eat them. I hated them because they were so sweet and they reminded me of roaches. <laughs> but I sat there and I ate so many of them because <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like chocolate. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, I forgot about those damn dates. <laughs> yeah. So I want to, I want to talk a little bit or get into like the heart of, of, I I guess what I really want to share about what happened with me specifically, because again, number one, I want this to be like a little bit of a cautionary tale that it's not all just like before and after and beautiful, like perfectly portioned plates of like mostly vegetables and whatever people aren't sharing this shit. And this is why I wanted to share my story because I think there's a lot of people that are maybe new here and haven't heard it over the years, but also because nobody talks about it. And what happens is you wind up signing up for something like this. It doesn't work for you. And then you feel like you're broken and you're wrong. Um, And a lot of times like the, you know, the diet just makes, makes you feel like if you just did it harder or did it better, that that it would work for you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel, I always say it sets you up for failure before you even like open the book or whatever. Like it's designed that way. Yeah. So essentially what happened in my case was that I did two of them. I did one and then I came back for more. So I had done it. I know I had done it in November, which was like stupid me. It was right before Thanksgiving And when you do these things, they want you to gradually reintroduce the foods, right? Well, I made the mistake of scheduling it like right in line with Thanksgiving. So I did it. And actually in the middle of it was when I started experiencing like weird symptoms. So I was, I was fine going into it. Um, And then about halfway through, I started getting this like weird itchy rash and anybody that's on here, um, that knew me back then can remember, um, I was itchy all the time. I can remember being like at the yoga studio that I would teach at and like freaking out and like clawing at my arms and legs. And my friend Lindsay would like bring me some sort of like anti-itch essential oil blend to like help calm me down while I was there because I was always itchy. I'm like, why am I so itchy? What's wrong with me? Couldn't figure it out. So figured I just had to like whole 30 harder, right? Of course. (laughs) So finished the thing, still super itchy. I'm like, well, I'm just going to like enjoy the holidays. And then, you know, I'll get back on the wagon in January. But I wasn't dieting. I wasn't dieting. Meanwhile, like I didn't think that I was. Um, And over like that whole time, I was kind of loosely like on the wagon off the wagon, meaning I would like try to eat compliant foods during the week. But then when there would be like a holiday event or something like that, I would just eat all the things. And so January, like, okay, we're going to get back on track, going to get back on track. And I got back on and I did the whole thing again. And in spite of doing everything like as perfectly as I possibly could, I was still itchy all the time though. What? I couldn't figure, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I've eliminated every food. I have to be allergic to like 
ground beef. <laughs> Eggs. <laughs> Eggs. <laughs> Zucchini noodles. Like that's, I had convinced myself that it was one of those things. And so I, I was going to go to do some like food sensitivities testing or something, which I'm really glad I decided against. And that's a story for a different day. But instead I decided to just go to an allergist um, and like had them do, you know, like the skin prick testing or whatever. The minutes, and I kid you not, the minute the allergist told me that I was not allergic to any foods, the itching stopped. What? I'm like, it was anxiety. It was anxiety. Wow. I had myself so strung out over eating perfectly that I essentially caused myself to break out in hives. That's crazy. I would have never, I never saw that, that ending coming. Yeah, no, that was the ending. The other ending, which was this, this was honestly the like, fuck this, I'm done moment for me was getting to the end and, you know, doing the thing where they, they ask you to like take the before and after picture or whatever, but you know, don't weigh yourself. And my husband and I were getting ready to go on a trip. Um, we were going on a cruise. And so I was like getting ready for my vacation. So I was like trying on outfits and I tried on my shorts and after like an entire month of eliminating like gluten, dairy, grain, soy, joy, alcohol, dessert, like all of the things, my pants were tight. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I, it, it wasn't. And I, I would have told you at the beginning, like, oh, this isn't about weight loss. It was 100% about weight loss in my mind. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have admitted it. I was like, it's about health. Yep. But here's a red flag for you. If you're chasing after a health pursuit, a health pursuit, and then you're pissed off that you didn't lose weight as a result. Mm, like there's something that's not connecting there. Um, and for me, that was the moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like if I can literally follow all of the rules and not lose weight as a result, like pfft, I'm done. I'm right. done. Um, and as it turns out, interestingly enough, in addition to the itching, I was like a hormone shit show um, and had suppressed thyroid function, probably because I wasn't eating enough carbs and I was super active. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to ask sure, you how your activity was. I was going to say my activity was insane because I was, I was teaching at the time, I was teaching like yoga and group fitness classes and um, teaching dance and then also taking dance class and doing like all of the yoga and all of the group fitness and all of the things and not eating enough carbs because what, what a lot of these programs don't consider is your individual situation. You know what I mean? They'll give you like a meal template that's supposed to be for everyone. And the reality of it is like some people might function well on less carbs, but guess who doesn't people that are super athletic you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was the end. That was the end of the story for me. Yeah. My activity on it was garbage because I didn't just didn't have the energy to do the things that I love doing. And I like, I couldn't keep up 
my lifting sucked and I was like, okay, well, I need, maybe I need to take a rest. And that rest turned into like most of the 30 days. Mm. And it just, I just didn't have the energy. My sleep was garbage. So again, did you have weird dreams? Yes. Vivid, weird dreams. Like about eating cake. (laughs) Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, I remember this one dream that I didn't read the ingredients on something and I ate it anyway. And I was like, Oh my God, it had alcohol in it. Oh my God. And like, that was a dream I had. That's not normal. (laughs) This is another thing to look out for when you're chasing after some sort of health thing that you're doing, if it's causing you to obsess over food, AKA like dream about it or think about it all the time, that's a really good sign that you're super restricted. The reason, and I never, never believed this to be true until I actually experienced it for myself like five years in. The reason that we often feel just out of control around food is because you've been restricting it. Ask, ask any of my friends, and I, I know that, that some of my real life friends are on here right now, what I used to be like around dessert when I wasn't allowed to eat it. Like I would be the one, <laughs> I would be the one at like the holiday party, just like shoveling in cookies like not Mm -hmm. being able to pull me away from the table, feeling like garbage. That's a sign that you're restricting and deprived. The best way to be the kind of person who can eat one cookie and be done is to just give yourself permission to eat cookies. But that's another story for another day and a, a long process that you need to go through to get to that point. But not healthy friends when you're, when you're dreaming and obsessing, about cake and then you're not sleeping yeah 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 not healthy at all red flag um so i guess are there any other things that you want to add or any other things that you would say are are warning signs for people to look out for when you're considering trying to do something like a whole 30 where you think it's not a diet it's it's a lifestyle I think you hit a lot of them on the head. I, and the the main thing is like, are you trying to reach some like external aesthetic goal with whatever you're doing? Or is it actually a healthful pursuit? And do you know the difference between those two? Because I think a lot of people don't even understand the difference because we're so conditioned to think that weight loss is a healthful pursuit and it's not. Right. It's And I'm saying this all the time. We as a society have health ass backwards. We have it ass backwards. We think that if we lose weight, that will automatically be healthier. And in reality, it's choosing health promoting behaviors. In some people promote weight loss. In some people, they don't because you were never meant to be at a smaller size. And I think that was the case for me and what finally really nailed it home when I was doing all the healthy things and weight loss wasn't a result of those behaviors. And I thought I was broken. No, I just like, I, we weren't meant to just like continuously 
you know, shrink until the end of time and then you'll magically be healthy. That, that healthy size is really different for each individual person. And when we misconstrue those things or think that there's something wrong or that weight loss is inherently healthy, that's where we get it super messed up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you take, so I didn't, I wasn't engaging in healthy pro- or health promoting behaviors while on whole 30 at all. Cause I wasn't exercising and I wasn't sleeping well. And those are two of the main components of health. Like, yeah, I lost 15, 20 pounds on it, but I wasn't moving. My strength suffered. My endurance suffered. I'm sitting here as a professional telling people to exercise and I can't even keep up with my own exercise. Like, and you probably, you probably lost a lot of muscle mass as a result if you were strength training exactly. prior to, you know, a lot of times that's not necessarily a fat loss thing. That's a, that's a muscle loss thing. That's a water loss thing. So we can't put, we can't put so much stock in that. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's really important for us, like all of us, the collective us, everybody that's here to really consider, like, are the things that you're doing in, in the name of health actually healthy? Or are you just trying to perform the part of health on paper or, or on Instagram? That was exactly what I was doing. And if you scroll back to the stuff that was in my feed circa, you know, 2015, 2016, what you see is like cauliflower sushi. And I kid you not, like if you scroll back, there's actually a picture of cauliflower sushi that costs like $18 or something like that. Um, It sounds gross. but, But really behind the scenes, I was probably the least healthy that I had ever been in my whole life because number one, mental health matters too right and and being super obsessive and restrictive over your food i mean it's disordered in itself um but it can also just cause a lot of anxiety a lot of fear and you kind of feel alone too yes and you feel like you can't you feel like you can't talk to people about it Mm -hmm. you know and i i think i think that's why we're here um, exactly. To, to share with people, like if any of you here have ever experienced this, know that you're not alone. Um, if any of you go to do something and realize you're starting to go down that road, like know that you're not alone and that I'm not sitting here being like, man, I told you so. Like, like, come here. Let me give you a hug. <laughs> yeah. And, and just know, like, it's not an every lifestyle change, diet change, whatever, they'll market it as a willpower thing. If you didn't stick with it, you have terrible willpower. Just give it another go. But it's not about willpower. No. It's way more than that. It kind so of absolves them from every, like, responsibility of failure because they know people are going to fail. And nobody's talking about it. It's that, it's that after the after thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about after the after because because they're too embarrassed to to share that right you know and i think we can all look back and and think of like diet fails that we've had i guarantee everybody's had them because if you didn't you wouldn't have to do another one 
You know, you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to press reset every January. You wouldn't have to get back on a wagon. You would just be. And that's why I get so fired up about this stuff. Like if you're, if you're failing, it's not you, you're not broken. And I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at diet culture. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I am, I'm actually scrolling through this blog post really quick to see if there's anything else like good that I want to add to this. Um, Other drawbacks. While I'm scrolling through here, if you want to add in anything, feel free. Friends, this blog post that I'm referring to, there's a link in my bio. It goes into like all of the details. I feel like we covered most of the things. Um, I am, Mel, do you have anything to add? I think we hit it all. I'm going to go like this. I'm going to actually, I'm going to scroll back up and see if there's any questions. I'm going to say collective hello, because so many of you joined and waved at us. And I would have waved back to you. But literally, (laughs) if I would have done that, like my ADHD would have gotten so distracted. And I would have been like, you, I haven't talked to you in so long. Hi. (laughs) That's me too. I can't look at the comments because I get so sidetracked. Yeah. Um, Shane says, okay, um, but people are saying that being overweight is a health condition, so losing weight is a medical measure. I think this goes back to what I said before. Ask backwards. Ask backwards. Like, the problem, number one, we could go into a whole thing about the medical system and weight stigma, and maybe someday I'll come back on here and get into a live about how that is actually more harmful, like the weight bias and medical care, how much harm that actually causes to people more so than the actual weight itself. But again, it's health promoting behaviors, like exercising, drinking more water, sleeping, eating a vegetable. Reducing stress. Yeah, reducing stress in some people may cause weight loss. They might. In some people, they might not. Like, it just depends. But if you haven't been doing those things, and then all of a sudden you start doing those things, there might be a change in your health and a change in your weight. But it's not the weight that made you healthier. It's the behaviors. Am I making sense here? I hope I'm making sense here. You are. And, like, Um, prescribing weight loss as an anecdote to whatever's ailing you is so easy. It's like, oh, yep. well, you're about, you're on, you're this on the BMI, which the BMI, by the way, is bullshit because. And racist. And racist. And it was never supposed to be used on an individual level the way it is now. It's actually supposed to be more global and it's too old and there's a million things wrong with it. But for, it's so easy to weigh somebody and be like, well, this is where you're at on the BMI. Just lose weight instead of actually looking and spending money and taking time to find out the source of the actual issue. It's so much easier to just say that. Yep. I'm scrolling through here now. I'm seeing um, just a lot of commiserating about ah, the best foods. Wait, can I tell Can I tell kind of a shitty story about the BMI from what I tell us? Tell seen? a story about the BMI. <laughs> well, okay. It's indirectly along the lines of the BMI. But um, I used to work for this in corporate health care for a practice, and we got to see, like, what the doctors were charging and medical doctors were able to charge insurance if they spoke about weight loss advice regarding the BMI to the patients. 
Yeah. And I had one patient who she was like normal on the BMI. And I saw that she was, her insurance was charged for BMI uh, instruction or maintenance, whatever it was called. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking to this lady about? Uh, it's so messed up. It's so messed up. Um, Trisha says the important thing to know is that there are hormones that make people have those cravings and continually put back on weight even after you lose it. Um, and I think what you're referring to, I'm not exactly sure what she means by this, but this can be a number of things, which number one is something that not a lot of people talk about. They're just like, Oh, it's calories in calories out. But what people don't seem to understand is that the human body is a lot more complex than that. So your body also does really neat things to keep you alive when you're restricted in any sort of way. And one of those things can be slowing down your metabolism, like suppressing your thyroid hormone. So, so that's a very real outcome. The other thing is, is just like the, like the leptin and the ghrelin, your like hunger and satiety hormones can definitely get jacked up when, when you're trying to like, you know, biohack yourself in these sorts of ways. Nala, are you still here? I think you froze. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Just making sure. I think, I think I just got through. I think I just got through all of the all of the comments. There weren't a terrible lot of questions. I'm gonna throw this out before we wrap up. If anybody that's here has a question they want us to, um, to address, um, just feel free to type it feel free to type it in and we'll kind of address it. I wanted to get to a question that somebody asked in my stories the other day, which is how do you tell your friends and family that you're not dieting anymore? And I have some thoughts on this. And I actually, I had a, I had a really mind blowing thought today while I was sitting preparing for this thing, which is why, why do we need to justify how we eat to anybody? Like, like, why do we feel the need to explain at all? You know? Mm -hmm. And so there's that. Um, but I think if you want something that's a little bit more tangible for this stuff, um, I think number one, just living your life. You know what I mean? Um, like, just going out to a restaurant, well, whenever we're allowed to go to a restaurant, um, and ordering what you want and enjoying it and not moralizing your food and being like, mm, this is really delicious instead of like, oh, this is so bad. Um, I think just that living by example is gonna make people sort of scratch their heads. And I know I know that there are people on here that know me from my real life and like from back in the day when I was doing Whole30 and stuff like that, that have maybe started to like learn a little bit more through osmosis just by what I share. And I know that I'm like, like I have a platform, like I have a blog, I, you know, have an online business and I share things via Instagram. Um, but I think just even, you know, sharing different articles and things via your social media can be really powerful. And then for people that you're close with, you know, maybe just having a very real conversation, like sharing this stuff, just kind of like this conversation Mel and I had um, 
you know, if you've had these situations or these fails, just letting, letting them know like what actually happened to you so that they maybe feel a little less alone. Cause I have a feeling a lot of people are just kind of suffering in silence, you know? Mm-hmm. And then do you have anything to add? Like, yeah. Um, I've had conversations with a few friends about this. Like sometimes if you like you bonded over hating your body or dieting or whatever, once you step away from that and your friend kind of isn't ready to sometimes they're not comfortable seeing you do so and your friendship might not survive and that sounds really terrible but sometimes that happens because like it's kind of like even though you didn't you lost that part of you so they can't like relate to you anymore does that make sense it does um and I think like I I have I have different different friends in these situations and I think like in my situation, some of my friends have like come along for the ride with me and, and learned along with them. And I think some of my friends are like, whoa, Jenna's gone off the deep end. Um, but, <laughs> but what it takes to sustain your friendships, um, number one, I think if it's like really a true friendship that like, that goes beyond that surface level, like bonding over hating your body and dieting, then, then it's going to last. And the other thing is coming from that place of like, like non-judgment and, and compassion. Do you know what I mean? Almost being like, like, Hey, your lived experience is your own. And, you know, if you want to do this, then you continue to do this. And, you know, I'm going to let you have your own fuck this. I'm done moment with dieting and you're not going to judge me because Mm -hmm. I'm done. And I think the friendships that are real true friendships are going to survive that. And the people, um, like Jen says, um, she's lost a few few friends because of stepping away from dieting. Like the people that can't understand that in your life um, and continue that like mutual respect and find deeper things to bond over probably weren't the realest friends in the first place. Exactly. Tough Mm -hmm. Tough love. Um, Shane wanted us to address how stress reduction is actually not that doable for a lot of people either. Um, I will say this, and you know what? Uh, Paula's here. Um, my mindful doctor, Paula, my friend, Paula, I'm sure she probably has a lot to say about this because she's, um, she's actually a psychiatrist. So, um, yeah, the whole stress reduction thing, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that can be impacted, um, by that, that can make that really hard for people. Um, number one, if you're dealing with something like anxiety, um, depression, um, you know, any number of any, any number of things that are going on with you mentally, not only that, but like, let's talk about the fact that fact that we're in a freaking pandemic right now. Um, and like stress reduction might not be possible for you if you're unemployed and you're still waiting on your stimulus, stimulus check. And <laughs> And you're homeschooling um, your kids and, and you're homeschooling from home. <laughs> exactly. Like there's, there's a lot of things. In fact, I'll give, I'll give a shout out to, uh, to our friend, Christina Montalvo, who we were talking about introduced us at the beginning because she made a lovely post. Um, actually yesterday, I think it was about how like rest in itself. And I think rest goes along with like stress reduction mm-hmm. is a privilege that a lot of people just don't have right now and you know how to kind of approach that if you're finding yourself in a situation where due to your like work life family situation you can't 
exactly like rest and reduce your stress right now. Right. Yeah. Paula, we should do, we should do a live sometime about, um, about all things mental health. That would be super fun. Yeah, please do. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, anybody else have any like questions or anything else that you want us to address before we head off here? Paula says, if you're stressed about reducing stress, you just compound your stress. Let's just accept that right now we're stressed. Yes, Paula, we're going to do it. Well, that'll be, that'll be my, maybe I'll do like a monthly live with a friend. That would be fun. Oh yeah. Like a series. Yeah. Who would be stress on board? Stress is not good for the pelvic floor either. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother thing that we can talk about. Oh my gosh. We'll have to come back and, and do one of those. That's a whole nother animal for a whole nother different day. Um, moral of the story, friends, just, just to recap on this, um, Again, if you were triggered by anything that we talked about or found yourself being like, like, I'm not on a diet, I'm not restricting, I'm just fine, there's not a problem with this, like, first things first, your lived experience is your own, right? If you've had a good experience with Whole30 or anything like that, cool, you do you. That's the normative story, I think, that we hear a lot. Um, people's success stories. And that's why we're trying to share something different here. Um, but if you find yourself getting defensive at all, get curious. Um, this is like the tough love coming back. Like what is really true for you? In what ways are you pursuing health promoting behaviors? And in what ways might you actually be doing things that are making you less healthy um, or that are maybe like a little disordered in a fucked up kind of way, you know? Um, so ask yourself those questions. Again, we're not here to argue, not against anybody who chooses to do this stuff, um, against the culture that makes us feel like we have to. Um, so happy to follow up with any questions later. Um, my DMs are personally open. Um, and um, if you're curious to learn more in detail about like my experience and all the nitty gritty in a little more cohesive way, there's a blog post linked to my profile. It's called um, The Whole Truth, My Experience with Elimination Diets. And I, uh, I wrote it in 2017, but it's something, um, one of the few pieces of content um, that's kind of withstood the test of time that I would still stand by years later so i'm going to throw jen and jay's contact info for her instagram below in the show notes so make sure you check that out i'm also going to attach the link to her blog that she was speaking about towards the end of the episode make sure that you check that out as well as her other blog posts because they're all awesome she's been doing this for a while and she's really really good at it and has a lot of information so make sure you take advantage of that and if any of you have any questions or would like either of us to share more about our experiences, like Jenna said, our DMs are always open. So make sure that you, you know, pop in there, say hi, give us some comments, concerns, any questions, and we'll help you out. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Finally Fearless. Yeah,